Technology and food have to be in the top five passions for any nerd. I'm Chris Riley, tech advocate for Splunk, SweetCode contributor, and bad coder turned dev enthusiast. I sit down to eat with techies to talk about modern technologies, careers in tech, and advancement in development practices. My employer does not own or sponsor this podcast. My thoughts are my own, and no guests were drugged or coerced during the recording. This is Developers Eating the World. All right, Sean, we are at home base here. I kind of cheated and I invited you to the Splunk office. <laughs> so um, we're actually in Boulder at the new Splunk office. We're doing the Denver Splunk meetup. Um, invited you to that. I'm kind of, like I said, I'm cheating because I'm traveling all next month and I'm like, God, I got to get a podcast done or I'm in trouble. Um, but Sean, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do? Okay. Well, I'm a DevOps consultant. I'm uh, the CEO and co-founder of Release Team, uh, which we just had our 20th anniversary wow, last, 20th. last fall. Yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, we go from company to company, helping them with DevOps initiatives. Uh, often we're helping at the, uh, at the tool automation level. Uh, so we come in uh, with version control tools. Typically, you know, uh, uh, these days it's Bitbucket, GitHub, and GitLab. Uh, and then help them with CI, CD, uh, uh, and implementing the, their environment for them. How much time do you think you spend just convincing people? Is there a lot of like strategy people time? <laughs> it depends customer to customer. Uh, most customers that reach out have already decided to go down this path. Uh, and so we're just kind of helping them pick the right, uh, you know, the right procedures, the right policies, the right tools. Uh, you know, helping them with culture. That would do a lot more culture than I expected to. Yeah, um, that's what I was saying. I thought you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that, that's the type of stuff that, uh, that we do. I, I try to keep myself consulting about 80% of the time, which I do a terrible job at. I'm typically consulting 100% of the time. <laughs> that's rough. So, I mean, uh, it's your own practice. So yeah. You have to... But, but I enjoy it, and uh, I, I like the customers, and... Uh, you know, the last couple of years, most of it's been in the Denver area for myself, uh, but we do things all over the world, specifically just Canada and the United States. So, um, so I gl I'm glad that you're running into people who are already opportunistic DevOps. I remember four years ago, I spent a lot of time just having my conversations around DevOps, you know. Um, how do you, have you seen the the evolution of so doing this for 20 years you know 20 years ago there wasn't no, devops no, no, right no. so how have 20, you 20 that? years ago it was build automation right uh, ARA, ARA came into it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um, ALM right uh, all, all those uh, all those old acronyms <laughs> uh, but we still do basically the same thing it's just called devops now it's still build automation, but now it's tying everything all together, breaking down the silos, and, and, and just getting the software out, uh, you know, with good, you know, high quality, but in a you know much faster uh, right. cadence. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I've been noodling about a lot is as more and more as we've transitioned to the kind of the DevOps majority, I've been wondering. Okay, so these are the people that. Um, nice seeing you. That um, we're initially fighting DevOps, mm -hmm. right? But now 
you know, they're embracing, embracing it. it. What what was the switch for them? Like, at what point did they go, okay, we got to do this? Yeah. Well, I think once they start seeing solid results, then they, they, they're won over. And is um, that results of their peers? Is it results of... Yeah, pretty much first-hand results. You know, because you can see your peers succeeding and you can still be a curmudgeon uh, about it. And a lot of my customers, I still, you know, they're, they're, they're all set to, to go down this new, new path or to improve the path that they're already on, uh, but there's still holdouts. And, and it's focusing on those holdouts and convincing them, uh, trying to bring them up to be champions of, of, uh, of the cause is, is some of the culture stuff that I wasn't really expecting to have to always get into. But yeah. every, every customer has that one person that they, you know, they love that old tool, they don't want to, you know, I don't want to leave Subversion, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And <laughs> has it has it been a particular role you found that it's is all a, over the map? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's always all over the map. It, it seems to be the the the, the people that have um, been in that role or been in that company for the longest. You know, so so you get um, a team that they you know they might have three or four people that have been there for a couple of years, and then you know a lot more that have been at that company 10, 15 years. Right. And, and it's from that group that you typically see the curmudgeon, but not always, it's, it's yeah. all over the map. So what are you seeing in terms of application architectures? Are most of your clients kind of still in the day where you have artifacts, you compile, you have binaries, and you're, you're shipping artifacts and binaries? Or are you seeing some of your customers starting to use containers? So yes, <laughs> yes to both. So um, the, the, the customers I'm specifically familiar with, the ones that I go out to or the ones I help some of the consultants with, uh, have been uh, Department of Defense or banking oh, wow. uh, recently. And so, yes, there's more of the, you compile, you create an artifact, artifact goes through some stages or phases of testing, and then gets promoted to some sort of server or, um, or embedded software or something like that. Right. Um, but then are more, I guess, commercial customers that are, you know, more web-facing. Um, uh, they, you know, they, they are compiling everything into a container and delivering it all at once. So it, it's, yes, to the it's combination of It's a combination of them. And, Which has to be interesting for yeah. you because you're like crossing, mm -hmm. you know, all aspects. Because also you have the enterprises who have the mainframe and have the modern mm -hmm. application and that's yeah. not going to change. Yeah, well, we still have some customers that, that are really heavy mainframe uh, uh, um, users, I guess, or consumers. So, but uh, yeah, a lot of our, our DOD stuff is, uh, is, is very embedded. Um, so there is no end system they're really deploying to. They're deploying to a chip that sits on a car right. that gets installed okay. in a radar system or you know, some sort of control system right. on, a, on a Navy boat or something or ship. Right. So in that case, especially in the government, like they're not fighting for dollars. I mean, they are, but you know, the money's yeah, there. It's a different paradigm. Yeah, so, they're not competing. What is yes. the driver? Yeah. So, so the drivers that take all the other benefits of, of DevOps. So, like the, the 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 core benefit is to 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 better compete with with you know with all the the competitors out there. But if you're in, Navy contract and you right. already won the contract, you don't necessarily have a competitor. You, you have a set of requirements that the Navy's asked for and you need to, uh, to deliver to those requirements. So they're historically very, very waterfall. Um, but 
if they move to more of a DevOps thing, they you know they, they can produce software faster and they can get get the government their deliverable in less time. So gone should be <laughs> the six-year contracts to do a new yes. you know, radar facility or something like that, or or a new command control center for you know aircraft carrier um, should be able to produce that in you know. Uh, a much shorter time with DevOps practices, you know, shifting everything left, building your tests in early. You, know, you don't you don't wait until a, a six year development effort to start testing your software. Right. You start testing your software on day one. Right. So. Yeah. There's a, a DevOps leader out there. His name is Nermal. He is now, I believe, at Docker, but he was at Booz Allen. Um, and he has articles and talks about his work with the GSA because you're, you're absolutely right. What the GSA saw is they would award contracts and they would wait six to 12 months to find out it was a failure. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes much longer yeah. and realize that, hey, we have to start all over. You know, the, the, the vendor didn't hit any of our requirements or they misunderstood the requirements because that first waterfall wasn't until a year out or two years out. Um, so. So, you know, bringing everything in, and, you know, helps out a lot on that. Yeah. So in the event that you encounter one of your holdouts being like leadership in a development organization. Which has happened. <laughs> you know, what sort of hard conversations do you have to have with leaders to kind of... I, I try to do many small, soft conversations okay. instead of a yeah, large, hard conversation. Okay. You know, I, 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 I feel like, you know, just, just like, Every task, if you break it down to a, the smallest increment as possible, they're much easier to do. Um, and I, I find the treat your interactions like DevOps ex exactly. And uh, you know the the, uh, the the death death by a million cuts type thing. Yeah. So you just you know just keep you know plugging the uh, the message and and uh, eventually it, it it comes through. Yeah. And and, and plus. If you're also doing the the effort as as well as you know the you know bringing on new tools, setting up processes at the same time, and they're starting to see incremental wins, then that really helps that argument. Yeah. Do you find that you also get involved in like um, job recs and recruiting and you know? Well, I recruit all the time. I'm always looking for for new new for, talent for, for my company. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, often. Well, I know a guy over here. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> There's a few. Well, I definitely actually. want to get his turn. Yeah. Um, but but very very often we're we're seen as a um, you know a, 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 a trusted advisor when we right. go into our, our customer sites, and and often. We're doing some staff augmentation for them, uh, but it's only short term until they find the right person, and we get involved in helping them find the right person for that. Interesting. So yeah. we, we do we do that work often. Yeah, so. I think you know I've had some peers in the industry who um, people I've known for a long time who've come from like a pure IT managed service provider background, and they um, this is a cautionary tale. Um, <laughs> Where they go, hey, you know, this DevOps thing, Chris, you know about this DevOps thing. Should I get into the DevOps consulting business? I'm like, I don't think it works that way. I don't think you just like no, say, no. I want to add DevOps services to my consul IT consulting uh -huh. practice. You can't do that. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to feed yeah. the beast and the, um, you know, the best you can do there is mm -hmm. ITIL. 
um, <laughs> but you, you can't really do DevOps because it's a much harder job than just going in and saying, here's the tool, go. Yeah. And it, there's different de uh, definitions of it depending yeah. on who you're talking yeah. to. I stick so, with two, but. Yeah, I, I, I try to have one or two. Um, but depending on the industry and who you're talking to, your customer, you have to find the right definition that's going to help them. Um, so, it, and sometimes it, it, it differs per project inside the same customer. Yeah. And you might, might have a, a lot, because we do a lot of stuff at the enterprise level, and some of their projects are night and day from each other. You know, so a solution that fits for their first project's not going to fit for their second project. Right. You know, the, might, the tools might all be the same, but the processes might be different, or the processes would be similar, but the tools need to be different because of the type of software they're developing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's dynamic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not. Yeah. There's no DevOps shop. No. There's no. I'm I'm done. Mm -hmm. exactly. I did the yes, DevOps. Yeah. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of our customers you know, they set up the DevOps dojos and and, yeah. uh, and little DevOps teams, and they're fairly successful with them. But they all tend to think everything can be cookie cutter, and it's really not. The ones that succeed most are flexible, and they understand that. You know, this is the, it's the principles that we're, we need to push out to the right. teams, uh, and not necessarily, hey, here's your pipeline in a box. You right. know, uh, okay, so that doesn't necessarily work for right. everybody. You know, right. works Tell perfect me. for the first team you give it to. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about the dojo. What do you think about the dojos? I, I mean, that's kind of a trendy. It, it helps with the culture. You know, um, I'm. I'm I guess I'm on the fence with them. I'm, I'm not anti the dojos, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a fanboy. <laughs> I guess the risk is it's one of those other things that go, hey, the unicorns are doing it, so let's yeah, do it. So let's do it. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. It 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 quite possibly can be for some companies, you know, uh, not well thought out. Um, but I I don't want to throw them all in the same category because uh, I've seen some that have worked really well and have you know, helped push the curmudgeons over the line to, oh, maybe this might work for us. Yeah, I think one of the things that re I really latched onto was the fact that, you know, the, the agile stand-ups are very kind of structured, mm -hmm. you, you, you follow the pattern, you know, you conduct the meetings in a very specific way and it's all tied. The ones that are done right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, the ones that are done right, the ideal ones. So, yeah. But oh, well. the dojo is intending to like build flexibility and to be more about knowledge transfer. Yes. Yeah. 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 To, to kind of coach everyone on how to Which, do agile correctly. Because we see, I've seen a lot of companies or a lot of groups that they implement the daily stand-up, and that's that's agile for them. They they don't do the done. rest. You know. Yeah. And 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 you know you, you can't go in there and you know, hey guys, you're not really agile. And, and uh, you know what. <laughs> but you need to break the ice and, and convince them that you need to do more. There's, there's more to this than that. Right. And then I recommend agile coaches to come in and, and help them out with that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that's really interesting. Um, so how do you spend your time? I mean, you, you said I'm, mm -hmm. you're 100% you're <laughs> you know, yeah. over here. How do you spend your time keeping current on like the mm -hmm. ecosystem, so, the tools, the practices, uh -huh. you know, the the things that are going well, 
in my opinion, even more important, the things that people are struggling with. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I read a lot. I, uh, of course, I adore a report every year. I, I read that. Um, you know, I, uh, all, the, all the major DevOps books that come out, I, I read, read those. I go to a lot of conferences. I have to be careful because I go to too many conferences. And, and I, I, don't, you know, I try to hit three or four major ones each year. Um, I think we've probably what been at they? some of the same ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, the most recent one was DevOps Enterprise okay. Summit and, uh, last October. Um, prior to that, I was at uh, CloudBee's um, uh, DevOps World Jenkins and World. Jenkins World. Okay. Uh, then I was did the JFrog Swamp Up. Okay. Uh, that I just submitted to speak at Swamp Up. Oh, we'll see. Good. Well, hopefully <laughs> we'll see. Good. I spoke so. there one year, and uh, uh -huh. I'll tell you that was probably one of my worst talks. Oh, really? So we'll see if they accept it. What was your talk on? Um, I think I did it on the DevOps market landscape. I think it was. I I, mm. I know what happened. I know what broke in that talk. But uh -huh. you, you know, you got to have bad ones. Uh -huh. So yeah, that you can that's have how, the how you learn. That's how you learn. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I may have actually been in that one. I have to go back. And was it the Napa else. one? It was Napa. Well, they were all in Napa until last year. And yeah, the that, next one's in San Fran, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the lot. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this summer was San Fran. Next one's in San Francisco as well. Um, I think, if not San Jose, but San, yeah. one of them moved to San Jose. Maybe yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the Bay Area. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So yeah, the other ones were up in Napa. Um, so uh, and then the Lassian conference uh, earlier Lassian. than that. So okay. so I, I think that's my say, next one. I thought you were going to say KubeCon. No, I, I we 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 were considering going to that, and uh, my my uh, co-founder was going to go. We couldn't get a hotel. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, we 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 waited too long on that one. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like a yeah. month, a month that's or two out. Booking. And yeah. Still, I thought a month or two would have been enough, but uh, yeah. couldn't couldn't get it's get a, a hotel at a reasonable rate. Conference. I mean, yeah. three years before KubeCon was the Docker Cons, but the Docker Cons and I'll just say it have kind of they're not the same. No, they were fun. I, I used to go to the Docker Cons. For uh, me, the last like yeah. nail in the coffin Docker Con where I'm like, okay, it's different now, uh -huh. was the one in uh, Austin. Okay, I think. Yeah. Where, I was at that one, yeah. Where every time before they came on the stage, they, had they yeah, did yeah. the cowboy hat yeah, thing, yeah. and I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm well, over it. And right after that conference is when the, they, they asked the CEO to leave. Yeah. Uh, and so that was interesting. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's been quite the ride for, for Docker. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think, a great case study on fantastic technology not not the best go to market maybe yeah, yeah. or maybe the wrong time i mean shit i use docker every every other day when i'm just playing around with it oh yeah i use docker exclusively and at, at all my uh, well all the stuff that we do internally at release team is, is all containerized and yeah. know, we, we we try to spin up environments that are similar to some of our clients I mean, so Cooper, we can test kubernetes them. yeah kind of landed on everybody oh, yeah. with a thud yeah. Like, well, the, the the first time I heard about Kubernetes was at that Docker uh, convention down in Austin, and uh, a conference. Um, and I was walking around the expo hall, and someone grabbed me and said, "How do you maintain your Docker, uh, not your Docker, your Kubernetes YAML files?" And I'm like, "What's Kubernetes?" <laughs> you know, and this is like what going back four years maybe, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it was it was big enough at that time to 
to be involved in the expo at, at Docker, yeah. but I don't think many people knew no. about it. No, you had Mezos <laughs> and you had uh -huh. the brand new Swarm. Yeah. Like it was all yep. just new. Well, that was most of the conference was yeah. talking about the uh, yeah, uh, Docker Swarm. That was the whole, yeah. how they were going to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and that is how they made money ultimately. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what the uh, Docker desktop play is. And, mm, yeah, and I'm not sure how well that's going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting what happens in technology in this space. That's why I asked the question, like, yeah. how do you keep current? Yeah. And conferences, you know, like, conferences can, can be a big money and time suck, but they also, there is that kind of, like well, you said. It like, energizes you. Yeah. You know, you well, get excited right. about it, and then, then you go back and you research what you, you, know, what you heard and, and find out if there's any meat behind some of this stuff. And, yeah, um, you know. yeah. I think that's the problem. Is I spend most of my conferences in booths, <laughs> booth duty, which I actually really yeah. enjoy. Booth duty. Yeah. I, I get to talk uh -huh. to people like you and yeah. have ad hoc conversations that uh -huh. are, you know, yeah. kind of out yeah. on the edge. All right, so it's time for buzzword bingo. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> um, all right, no ops. No ops. That is something I, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. not a fan of. Operation, I don't know many people who are. Yeah, operation people are not going away. And, and to, uh, to, to coin a phrase to, to scare them or to make them concerned is, is, uh, is, is concerning in itself. <laughs> yeah, I, um, somebody mentioned, actually it was an engineer here, I think, who's like, well, it's ridiculous because there will always be a quote-unquote operator mm -hmm. like that that's going to exist yeah. even if it's a machine there is an operator yeah, yeah. so you can't say no exactly. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like you can't you can't just negate the thing that is always it's a function that's always yeah. going to exist yeah you know and a lot of people when i start talking devops at, at a customer site a lot of people are concerned about what their role is going to be you start saying yeah. no ops or or serverless, you know, and then there's people that are responsible for those things. They're, well, wait a yeah. minute, where's my role in this organization uh, come, you know? Yeah, and, <laughs> and I think the vendor, vendors, I don't think they really, a lot of the unicorn vendors out there don't understand the impact mm -hmm. of yeah. the words that they use. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and they and, use it to be radical, which is fine. Yeah. Well, they might also have a different audience. They're not worried about the guy in ops and the knock right. that, you know, is concerned about, you know. But even, but even in that scenario, mm -hmm. the developer is the operator. Even if it's full well, shift left, yes, exactly. the developer is the operator. So it's There's still this, not no ops. Yeah, so Unless fundamentally you get rid of all it's computers. A bad, yeah. yeah, so fundamentally it's a bad... Uh, I'm Bad term. Term. I was going to say acronym, but I don't think it's an acronym. So. No, no. <laughs> All right. So one of my favorites, feature flagging. Okay. I'm a big fan of feature flagging. Yeah? Why? Um, well, because I can deploy as much as I want, whether it's ready or not, and I can just have it, you know, um, turned off. Um, but uh, the how some vendors are calling feature flags is... Questionable. I love it. Yeah. I love that you said yeah. that. So well, a lot of the vendors out there have used feature flags as a test in production. Yes. Yes. And canary then, yeah. release yeah, argument, which I'm like, well, 
No, I'm not a fan Feature of that. Feature flags argument. benefit yeah. much more mm -hmm. than just yeah. And you don't even need to use them for canary releases. No. It goes from plan mm -hmm. to QA yeah. to prod. Yeah. It butters across the whole thing. You, mm -hmm. I absolutely yeah. agree with you. But I no, if I if I have that. multiple components and there's some sort of API mesh yeah. between the two, I want to get that into production as soon as yeah. possible. Whether or not I'm using the you know the the newest feature of that, or if I'm you know, backwards compatible and using the older one, and then at some point I can flip the switch and turn them on. Yeah. But if you're telling me, you know, I don't want to pick on a particular vendor because I partner with all of them, I don't want anyone to be upset, but some of them are like, we're feature flag enabled, or we support feature flags. I'm like, well, how? Feature yeah. flags ultimately is just some sort of configuration file somewhere with ones and zeros on it. Exactly. And, and that's all it is. Exactly. We've dealt with flags forever. Forever, yeah. It's not yeah. anything new. And it's a design pattern. And it, yeah. yeah, if, you know, I, the thing that I want to get across from people is that feature flag does not equal test in production. Because yes, there is, I would agree with that, there yeah. is, kind of that misnomer and there's so many benefits beyond that. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, <laughs> last one, observability. That's a big one. Um, uh, you is know, it new? Is it? It's not new. Okay. Uh, I don't feel it's new. I've heard uh, multiple definitions for it, but basically it's having more visibility into what your applications are doing, what your product is doing. Um, you know, whether it's a desktop application or something out in the cloud or something embedded, being able to get analytics on it as it's running. Uh, that's how I see observability. And, you know. So how does that differ then from monitoring? I think is the yeah, big question. That's, that is a big question. And I'm not sure, you know, it, it truly differs a whole lot. I think it differs some. Um, you know, monitoring I see is more real-time observability covers real time, but it also covers, you know, to me, I, I think it covers, you know, historical information as well. So if you see something hiccup in your app, it'd be nice to know, was this the first occurrence or does this happen, you know, right. every blue moon going back right, right, four right. years or something. So you see observability more being in the firefight, something breaks area. Yeah, there's a huge overlap with monitoring yeah. at that point. Yeah, there is. Um, but mo Monitoring, can all, the difference can also be monitoring is more, is things, are, you know, is, are things working or not? Is the, is the application alive? Where observability is, is it performing well? Right. Or, you know, what is it actually doing? Yes, I can ping the server, but you know, what's the health of the server and all that other stuff? Right. Where right. monitoring- It's not just metrics. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so there's more. And I'd say, especially in the world of like microservices and distributed tracing, mm -hmm then it, yeah. it becomes quite a bit different because yes. you're talking application layer all the way down to infrastructure. Yeah, def definitely. And, you know, but there's still a lot of overlap between monitoring yeah. and observability. Uh, yeah, well, I, I don't think it's yeah. really one or the other. Yeah, I, I would agree. The first time I heard the term that it was being pushed more, it was a tool vendor trying to differentiate their monitoring tool from everybody else's. Um, but I think, it, I think it has grown past that. So. Yeah, but. yeah, I agree. I like it. Because um, I think it distinguishes modern application, the challenges that are faced with modern application architectures as opposed to like monolithic, sure. um, more metric-based architectures. But it is, um, it's going to evolve in the yeah. next year. It's so one of the things I'd like to see it mean, but I'm not sure if it means this anywhere, is the observ 
observability, whatever. Um, now I'm tongue-tied. Um, <laughs> is built I've had in four beers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these Diet Pepsi's are killing me. <laughs> and they probably are. But uh, <laughs> don't, don't worry. I stick to one Diet Coke a day. And I, there was a time where I had like five a day, and I yeah. got a kidney stone. I'm like, okay. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That will, that will stop it for a while, but then it leak. It sneaks back in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. You. Yeah. So um, one of the things I think. It, it, it should mean is that you've built things into your application okay. or your product right. that allows you to have more. To be observable. Exactly. Where monitoring, you're just, it's a black box. Yeah, you hear that a lot. Yeah. It's, um, but I'm not sure that's where they're going with it. think about, yeah. no, they, yeah. it, it absolutely it is. Yeah. is. And, um, you have to build with observability in mind. Yes. Or developers, mm -hmm. they're asked to be build code with security. <laughs> exactly. They're asked code be to be testers. able to testing. <laughs> now they're asked to be a code with observability with monitoring in, in yeah, mind. Yeah. Like, when's it stop? <laughs> I don't think it does. I think we just need that's to shift keep, left, man. Shift left it's, to keep hiring uh, more developers. That's a big <laughs> left, capital yeah. L. Um, well, Sean, thank you so much for coming to the meetup. Oh, no, you're welcome. Um, and uh, chatting with me, and I yeah. hopefully we can chat again soon. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Definitely.